Welcome back to episode 103 of Chess Journeys, Tales of Adult Improvement. Here on Chess Journeys, we do love to glorify the great ratings gains, but we also like to explore the plateaus and perhaps even below that, the pits of despair. Now, am I in a pit of despair? Maybe, but last night I played what I think is my greatest positional slash endgame game I've ever played. We even got to a point where I accomplished all my goals going into the endgame. The guy looked at me and he said, draw? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? This is what I've been playing for is this moment. I went on to win a very clean endgame and I was quite proud of it. If you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon Chess Journeys. And I want to thank Matt Bush, Jay Garrison, Donna Rich Burgess, Brandon Hallside, David Schreiber, Lindsay Newhall, Jeff Peterson, Tobias Rex, and our newest King level supporter, Ian Samples. Thanks so much, Ian, for the support. There are only two King slots available. One is taken. You better get on that last one fast if you want that slot. You can get merch on the merch store. Uh, my daughter and I made some mugs. A couple of people bought them recently. She's very excited. She even got a Pokemon pack out of the deal, so that's pretty good. Um, I've been streaming a lot more on Dr. Skull underscore Tiny Grimes uh, since it's summer. That's been a lot of fun. And if you want to appear on the show, you can go to the Google form in the show notes. We all want to hear your story. Uh, actually had a friend of mine from the past fill out the form recently. Very excited to see her. So we'll, we should be talking to her soon. And if you are interested in uh, Noel Studer's Next Level Training Program, you can still use the code in the show notes to support the show. And for one week only left, if you go to the Chess Dojo Training Program and use the code Dr. Skull, D-R-S-C-U-L-L, you can get 25% off your first month with the Chess Dojo Training Program. And by using it, you support the show and you get access to the amazing Chess Dojo. Just in case you are like, you know, I love this show. I don't have any money to support the show. That's totally fine. You know what you could do? You could go to uh, like Apple Podcast Reviews Give a five-star review. Talk about why you like the show. And if you hate the show, you could just send me some friendly feedback about why you hate it instead of filling that out. You don't want to go through those hoops. Okay. Well, on with the show today. Uh, I'm very excited for our guest today. We have Dawn. She is an adult improver. She's a chess blog blogger. And she is new to chess in her 60s, trying to compete with all the young prodigies of the world. Dawn. Welcome to the show, and have you had a chance to play any chess yet today? Yes, Kevin, I knew you'd be asking that. And so even <laughs> though I didn't feel at my sharpest, I played a game, and it oh. was terrible. And it was terrible. Ooh, <laughs> yes. what what time control did you do? I do 30. Okay, so is that your normal 30-0? Yeah, but the people I play with, as you know, in my rating range, most of them aren't long in it for the long haul. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah for, the, for the whole time, in fact. I had a funny thing happen. I, I um a long time ago somebody told me to turn off chat on chess.com. So I did that. Great idea. But on Link Chess, you know, there are a lot of decent people. So I've left it on. And the other day I was doing a 30 minute and mm -hmm. somebody chat the person chatted me in Cyrillic. Oh and I wrote back in English, I don't speak Russian. And yeah. they wrote okay. <laughs> and after the game, I put what they wrote through a uh, you know, a translator thing yeah. and it said um, can't you move a little faster? <laughs> yeah, I always find it funny when people sign up for a time control and then they're upset that you're using the time allotted to you. It's very weird. The weirdest version I've seen of that is my daughter was playing in a tournament over the board at the board next to me and she's playing a 25-5 game 
and her opponent is blitzing out moves. And eventually he leans over and goes, excuse me, could you please speed up? And she just went, no. <laughs> and just continued taking her time and using her clock. It's incomprehensible, really. Yeah, it is very strange. I guess as we get started, just so people have an idea of where you're at in your journey, what is your rating by however you're using to measure it? Choose whatever you'd like. Well, I just... um euphorically past 600 on chess.com rapid okay very nice so we're past 600 chess.com rapid that's a good achievement i like it um sorry my lead chess classical is better even if you subtract some it's like in the 1100s oh okay Um, yeah that is a big difference why do you think there is such a big difference there time you know i think eventually Mm. i i got even with 30 minutes i lost a lot of games on time on chess.com But when I put in the increment on chess.com, I don't get any takers hardly. Oh, God. And it's hard to get takers on Lee Chess for, you know, that's really mostly fast people or else really, really high rated people. Um, But I've been playing more than 30 20 on Lee Chess, and that's perfect for me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. When I was looking for longer games, I would generally just set them up on Twitter and I would just be like, hey, I'm looking for like a 45 45 rather than try to just hope someone's in the queue and they don't like dip out after five minutes and you're like, what? I scheduled this in my day. So, okay, that's cool. So you are able to find people on Lee Chess to play 3020, but sometimes they message you in Russian and say, could you please move faster? <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, so let's go back to your backstory. When did you pick up chess? Did you play it all as a kid? Did you come fresh to chess in your 60s? What's your story? Oh, yeah. So I did. I taught myself when I was a kid, and it was from this really cool contraption, which I don't have anymore and I would love to find and haven't ever been able to. It's a little hard to explain, but it was kind of like a plastic box with a clear top. And the chess how-to book was in there, but it wasn't bound. And so it was just in pages and every page, you know, had something to teach you. And the left-hand side of the page was a chessboard. So you put the pieces right on top of the plastic, you know, and then when you're done with that lesson, you pull the page out. It was really cool. Huh. That's a really neat way to do it. And then the next thing I remember is some friend of the family came and I think my mom was like, oh, Dawn can play chess. And and he just like, you know, really defeated me. And it was devastating. And I think that was the end until I saw the Queen's Gambit. Oh, no. How old were you during this period? I, I, probably like nine, ten. Okay. Like and did you think you were pretty good until this person crushed maybe, you? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's always the hardest part for a kid. You're like, I'm really good at this. And some adult comes in and smashes you. And you're like, you know what? I'm never going to do that again. That's just a waste. Yeah. <laughs> okay so you saw the queen's gambit what was it about the queen's gambit that made you think here i am in my 60s i'm gonna pick up chess and take it seriously no i mean i wonder about all of us i mean it's kind of a cliche almost how many of us picked it up because it wasn't really a romantic depiction you know it had the drug and alcohol and all those things um although you know there were some really charming things like learning it from the janitor in the basement and all that you know yeah but i think it just looked so engrossing uh-huh. you know it just and, and also i think i really think if it hadn't been for the pandemic i'm not sure i would have picked it up but you know we were all at home then and we had more time and so so i did <laughs> yeah that's really cool i don't know if you're retired or if you're still working a lot what, what is that going for you 
No, I'm still I'm still working full time. I'm a library director at the University of Michigan. Ah, and okay. um, my specialty is the Japanese language. Um, so in, and that's been really a great help with chess, I think, mm. because, although, you know, I just because, you know, there's so much to learn. There's just so much to learn. And sometimes I tell myself, like, I think sometimes I just like I just want to get good in chess really fast, you know. And I was thinking, well, if you told yourself, well, I want to be fluent in Japanese by next week, you know, yeah. it's not going to happen. You're totally fine with that. But when it comes to chess, you're like, oh, no, why can't I be better now? <laughs> yeah, I think that's such a great uh, analogy, right? I, I have had the same experience learning several languages from my graduate work, never even truly mastering them, right? I was probably no more than like a 700 in like French and German. Um, and that's just, you know, how it was. And it was hard. And I didn't expect that I could read one book on German and then tomorrow I would be fluent in German. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Um, so that's cool. So it sounds like you are treating this then as more of like an engrossing long-term process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of retirement too. And so I'm looking forward to, to doing more chess in retirement, you know, although I keep mm. thinking back, it, it was another podcast. I think I heard someone who had retired and they said, you know, they thought they'd be studying chess four to six hours a day, you know, and, and I'm not, I mean, I study about an hour a day now and I'd like to go to two when I retire, you know, and hopefully that'll speed up the journey a little bit. Yeah. But it's, it's such a funny thing, right? Cause you're like, okay, if I do an hour a day, versus two hours a day and it speeds up a little bit like what does that even mean right it's not like you're going to become a 2700 it's just like you're going to get a little bit better a little faster yeah exactly yeah, i hear you it, it can be challenging for me as well it's like trying to figure out like i'm on summer break i'm like i should be studying eight hours a day and then i'm like or i could do some other things and have a more balanced life and still do three hours a day so that's what i've been leaning into the thing that haunts me the most kind of is just Will I know where my ceiling is? Yeah. My thought is, and I might be wrong here, but I don't think many people reach their ceiling. I think most people's ceiling is reached with a lot of intense study and play. And I just think most adults don't have the time, energy, desire to do that. And so that's just what I'm working with is I don't think I'll ever reach my ceiling um, because I won't be able to put that type of commitment in. And I think that's what you see with like professional players. They are able to put in that commitment and then they do eventually hit some ceiling. And so like if our ceiling is 2200, I don't know. Are we going to have the time to get there done? I, I don't know if I will. I hope you do. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll tell you, no, seriously, I was like one day looking and thinking, really obsessing on that point mm. and you know, thinking about age and everything. And then and I was like, but I'm 500, you know, I was like, no way can that be, I, mean, I just don't think that's a ceiling, you know, um, it's, it's, there's something else I was going to say about that, but I can't, I forget what it is now. Oh, it just, then I, cause I was like Googling and everything. And I, and I saw this thing that said like, your chest starts to drop off. What is it at 30? Yeah. <laughs> I saw that too. Scared me a lot. No, it's like, <laughs> What if you didn't start till you were 60 then, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm almost 50 and I'm, I feel like I'm racing my declining brain now. It's like putting in knowledge versus the brain dropping. And I'm like, come on, we got to get more knowledge faster than the brain gets worse. Yes. And, and I like to say like, no, I don't believe that. But then like my little eight-year-old, 
she learned opposition just like from some chess kid video and then i was talking to her and i was like do you know opposition she's like oh yeah and she started showing it to me and i was like how many times did you see that before you understood it and she's like well once and i was like yep that's the difference that's your brain being amazing mine doesn't do that that's right that's right okay so you saw some queen's gambit when did you jump in did you jump in at the end of queen's gambit or was it like a couple episodes and you're already like hmm i want to play some of this chess no it was afterward i i went from queen's gambit i really i watched it right around when it came out of late 2020 okay. and then i started watching a bunch of chess movies oh okay and um i think oh, i can't remember the name of it now but i saw this chess movie i mentioned it in my blog where the um i think the family bought the woman for her birthday like a chess playing machine you know oh. one of those training okay. things that you can play with and so i was like okay i'm gonna get one of those and That's then cool. i'll be able to play chess <laughs> Yeah, so is that what you did? Did you get a chess I machine? I did, and I had a lot of sort of lonely mornings. You know, my husband would be asleep, <laughs> and I would be down there in the dining room with my chess thing. But, you know, you don't really know <laughs> why things are happening. And then I know the first book that I was recommended, I think, was Logical Chess Move by Move. Oh, that's a great one. Okay. It is, but I don't know. I still found that. In fact, my husband's been on the journey to some extent with me, a little bit, not nearly that's as much fun. with me, but... And so we would read, like, I would read it aloud, you know, and then mm. we would have the book, but it's just, there's so many alternative lines given in there. Oh, okay. That it just, you know, I begin to get a little bit, mm. um, I go back to it every now and then, and I've had a little more success lately, but I find that book a little bit more difficult than it is advertised. Interesting. I would say for your level, don't worry about the alternative lines. Just, okay. just read the, the, the move and then the explanation of the move. I think that's totally fine. Oh. Um, I still do that. Like uh, the Kasparov, my predecessor series, Kasparov goes through like Capablanca games and gives a move and explains why it's good. And then he gives like 47 other moves. And I'm like, Kasparov, like, I'm sure this is great, but I'm not great. I'm skipping that. I'm sorry, my friend. I can't follow you down this hole. So I think that's that's a key to reading books is to figure out like, where they're losing you and then just kind of go, okay, that's fine. That part's not for me. I understand that. That sounds like really good advice. Cause yeah, I want, I always wonder why that book is so advertised for, you know, more beginning players. Yeah. Have you done any of the like basic tactics workbooks? Like um, your first, what is it? Your first chess workbook by the guy who runs the Charlotte, Charlotte chess center. I'm forgetting his name at the moment. Peter Giannato's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I've I've done some of that, and okay. I've done. Um, I, I like the Susan Polgar learn chess the right way. Yeah, me too. That was probably one of the one of the first ones I did. So I just so I got chessable and I started doing that. Okay, perfect. Um, Is it just volume one then? No, I'm I'm right. Until recently, I've been mired in volume three. Ah, that's my favorite one. Is it? I, yeah. But, oh. It's just, I never seem to graduate from any of the exercises. Okay. The reason I like it so much is I feel like the hardest thing by far for beginning chess players is just not blundering. And there's that chapter that's just like, hey, you have a piece that's being attacked, fix it. And like for my daughter, it was so helpful for her. Like she went from blundering all the time to blundering only some of the time. Just by keeping in mind, like, huh, I guess I should look for my pieces that are being attacked. So I don't know. 
I found that book to be really helpful. No, it is helpful. It is helpful. It's just it's just slower going to get out of it, you know. But okay. so so I, I look back. So like in 2021, I was kind of dancing around, you know, chess, you know, and then it finally occurred to me, look, you know, you got to do something to get better. So I started looking online for classes. Oh, okay. And I was interested, especially in the women's point of view. So I found this class um, in London that that is for girls and women. Oh, nice. And I started taking uh, taking classes there. And so that was sort of the when I began to get quote unquote, you know, more serious, try to be more systematic at what I was doing. Yeah, I don't I can't I don't know where you're from, but your voice does not sound like you live in London. So is this during the <laughs> pandemic? It was yes. an online course? Yes. And okay. it was people from all different countries. It was it's, it was fun. It was that's it was really fun. cool. Um, the thing is though, eventually I took a, a number of classes with her and um what she does is she teaches for a while and then to break up the monotony, she takes us into Lee chess and has us do blitz games. Ah, yeah. And, you know, it was good. I, you know, I was a beginner, but I eventually got really particular about how I spend my chess time. Yeah. You know, and I just like, like a blitz game wasn't going to do it for me. So, um, I, so that's when I got a, a teacher and, and all that, that stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. My daughter had a really similar experience where she was taking this all girls chess class. She loved it. But the second half of each class was a mini blitz tournament. And she's like, I hate blitz. Blitz is too fast. And she would run out of time in every single game and leave the class really unhappy. And I was like, and then she started going, can we just leave before the blitz tournament? And the guy was like, no, you have to do that. That's part of the learning and it was just really hard for her because like like you, she just kind of felt like it was a waste of time to play Blitz. I'm glad to hear that because, yeah, it's too bad because, um, you know, the teacher kind of builds it as, well, I'll teach you something and then we'll go and practice it. Yeah. Realistically, you know, in Blitz with a bunch of beginners, you're not going to even get to the point of, of the thing that she was teaching, you know, unless it was an opening, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It becomes really hard. Okay. So let's back up for just a second. So you got your machine. Do you remember what what chess machine you purchased? It's the DGT trainer. Oh, okay, cool. So it's like a DGT board. You actually play with people. You or can is it... play with people, or you or you can play with the machine. Okay, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted a DGT board, so now I'm suddenly quite jealous of this. Um, I had one of those little machines when I was a kid. It was like a Kasparov trainer thing or something, and uh yeah that didn't go well because Kasparov beat me every time and I was like this this chess thing kind of sucks I'm not a fan of this okay so you get your chess trainer um how long were you just playing by yourself with your machine there probably about um six seven months I think oh, but wow husband, that's quite a while and I guess and my husband and I also played it because it has a hint feature oh nice okay. so we sometimes would say okay let's get a hint mm -hmm. but even then I mean I just feel like you're so it's so funny because like, there's something deceptive about chess that makes you, there's so many books and then there's the engines now too. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have this feeling you can learn by yourself, you know, oh, okay. but I've just really found, cause I'll say, especially with my first teacher, all I, cause that was it. I played on the machine and I played against the engine on Lee chess. Okay. And then I got a teacher and all I did for those chess lessons was why does the engine say this? Why does the engine say that? <laughs> I, you know, okay. and it was, and that teacher wasn't, you know, really equipped to to suggest that we do something else, you know, but I later yeah. learned, well, that's an inaccuracy that only a, you know, top person would catch, you know, so, so as I say, it's kind of funny, you sort of feel like, well, lock me in a room with a chessboard and, you know, books or computers and I can do this, but I think you really do need some input. 
Yeah, it can be really hard to find out or try to determine what does that path to improvement look like? Because there's so many choices, right? You could join the chess dojo. You could join chess mood. You could just get random books. You could go on YouTube and watch Levy Rosman all day. And I'm sure all of those would work. But like, what's the best one for you? What do you need now? And I think what you're alluding to is that's where a coach can really help you figure that out. So pretty early on, it sounds like you realized that and, and tried to get a coach. Yeah, yeah. So I got a coach. Um, what is this? Earlier the, in the beginning of this year, I got what I consider to be more like a real coach. And and one thing we do is that every lesson we review my quote unquote study plan. Oh, nice. And so it's like, well, how's the chessable stuff going? How's the, you know, made in one exercises on lead chess going? You know, mm. the only thing is, I think that it's still, it's just, I think what's really hard about being a beginner is just. I was saying sometimes I feel like a leaky boat, you know, well, in this game, I got to the end game and I couldn't do the mate, you know, okay, yeah. so I'm going to study mate, you know, and then, oh, this one, you know, it, I didn't do the opening right. So let me study that. And there's so much, you know, there's yeah. just so much. I mean, that's where I, why my Japanese analogy came in. Cause I just, you right. know, it's like, it's like everything. And so, and really at my level, end games don't come up as much as you, you know, they just don't either these yeah. people they're trying to do scholars mate or they're, you know, or they're <laughs> resigning or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and I have the thing, if I learn it, I need, if I don't practice it, I lose it again. Yeah. So it's just hard to know. So it's hard not to keep, even when my coach and I review my study plan, it's hard not to be like, okay, like actually we just decided that I would take a break from the whole guard defensive techniques mm, okay. and do something else, you know, just cause I think it was taking much, much longer than we thought it would. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. What it was, I was, I wasn't learning so much new material because I always had so much to review. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like I, don't, I have a limited amount of time. So. Right. Yeah, and that's the trick, right? Is to come up with that plan that fits your time. I do have terrible news for you, Don. I'm about a thousand points higher rated than you, <laughs> and I still have the leaky boat where <laughs> I have the game and I screw up the end game. So then I'm like, Oh, I need to study end games. And then the next game I mess up the opening. And then the next game I blunder a piece and I'm like, what? I'm bad at everything. It's so frustrating. <laughs> oh, so it's not going to go away, Don. I got bad news for you on that one. It really bad news. Really bad news. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it sounds to me like you have a plan where you're trying to address all of the problems. Have you figured out with a coach, like, X amount of minutes a day, I'm working on tactics, and then another X, I'm working on openings. Yeah, I guess I should say that all to, for me, you know, the base of everything is to play a game. So okay. I try to play that 30 minute game every day. I think I'm looking oh. and, and what with life happening and stuff, sometimes it's more like four or four or five times a week. Okay. But I, I pretty much do that. And that's, um, and that was another sort of turning point for me is when I started to play against real people. Yeah. And I've heard it said too, you know, it's just playing against bots. I just feel like I wasted a lot of time doing that because yeah. there's something about it that's not real chess or, or, and also you don't have the adrenaline or like, and I was, I was thinking losing to a bot never made me feel like crying, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And why did you play against bots for so long? Was it kind of like a psychology thing of I'm not ready to play against other humans? Sort of, I guess I didn't know any, any better really. Ah, okay. You know, maybe, and maybe, and partly, I mean, I still, now I'm getting much more naturalized at it. It looks like I, I started this around a little, maybe less than a year ago, but it, even, 
even recently, I would say that when I actually hit the button, you know, to play, yeah. I have a little bit of a, you know, fluttery feeling or something. Yeah. And I guess what I'm hoping will happen, I mean, I feel like if I do it enough, maybe I'll get a little bit calmer because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I have other things like I only play early in the morning because I feel that's when my mind's at my best. You know, I'm like, wouldn't it be nice to just be able to sit down in the afternoon on the weekend and play sometime, you know, yeah. you partly, you know, and then there's the whole rating thing. Okay. That was going to be my next question. Do you <laughs> feel like you get the flutters over the rating or the fact that you're playing a human? I think they're really tied together. Yeah. Okay. Really tied together, you know? Yeah. It's so hard, right? These ratings make us do bizarre things. Like I played a tournament over the weekend and I played two good games. One ended in a draw one. I was very happy with myself. I sacrificed a night, but I did it a little bit wrong and ended up losing. And I lost a pile of rating points. And I was like, but I played well and I was proud of my play. And the USCF is like, I don't really care. You still lost a pile of rating points. And I was like, ratings, we're done. So I don't know. I don't know how to tell you not to worry about ratings because that's almost impossible. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And uh, the answer is just play and the ratings will come when they come. Yeah. I my coach is fond of saying that a rating is a trailing indicator. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. I, I hope that's true. But um, yeah, I mean, it's something I've grappled with in my blog, and I actually plan to do some more sort of deep thinking about is just how to handle this whole thing psychologically, because um, I think it's important. But um, I do think, I mean, I don't agree with some people who say, you know, there shouldn't be ratings or whatever, because, you know, I was sort mm. of thinking, it's like, what if there's like a major league baseball pitcher, and you're like a backyard baseball player, you know, are you going <laughs> to hit against him? Yeah. No, you know right. so and you know especially so i think it makes a lot of sense and i think mm -hmm. maybe the type of people who get into chess um are you know like to achieve and get good grades and all those kind of things yeah achiever things you know so yeah. that may be even part of the attraction i mean the, the other thing is i mean it's it's appealing to think that you can work to improve and then this number is going to go up yeah but I think the biggest issue is, you know, how fast is that going to happen or, you know, and there aren't any guarantees, you know, it's, you know, it can go down, you know, what happened to you, it can go down. And so mm -hmm. you basically just have to be okay with that, you know, and yeah, <laughs> as people are fond of telling me as my rating has been going down lately, you have to look at the overall trends, right? And this is the nice thing about having a number is you can look at that number a year ago and like, what were the, what was the average like? Okay. I'm up quite a bit. I guess I am getting better. And I think that is a good point about uh, having some indicator of how good someone is. Cause I think the flip side is also true. Like if you play somebody and they just crush you, like if you find out they are a thousand points better than you, you're kind of like, Oh, well I shouldn't be upset. I should just like, that was a given before we even started. Um, so I don't know. It's an interesting point that what is the value of ratings exactly? I don't know, but uh, yeah, well, it gives us something to shoot for. <laughs> but wasn't it you who was talking one time about like having a, a different Lee chess account for like when you've had a drink? Oh yes. There's some people on the show who do that. Definitely. I have resisted that urge because I know how I am. Then I would have 27 Lee chess accounts. It would be like, when I'm at my best, when I'm 
after work and tired when it's right before bed and I'm really tired. And I'm like, no, no, I can't go down this path. I just have to have one. No, that's right. That's yeah, right. But that could be an answer for you. Like if you, if you feel like at the end of the day, you just want to mess around account and you know, it's not going to go well. I don't know. Maybe that's an answer. Well, for me, my, my lead test seemed to be provisional for such a long time, you know, the mm. way they do. And then finally, recently, it became non-provisional. But right now, lead test feels a little bit like monopoly money to me. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Because it's so big, you know, I mean, it's uh -huh. bigger, right, than, than just.com. Yeah, I have felt similarly. I know it's not that big of a deal. You just subtract about 300 points, but... I hate taking a rating and having to subtract from it. It just frustrates me personally. There's some roadblock there and it causes me to play. I still play classical on Lee Chess because that's just where I do my classical games. But a lot of my games I end up playing on chess.com just because the rating's closer, which is a weird reason. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. Okay, so you got a coach. You started your study plan. Um, so it sounded like you said you have about 30 minutes a day for chess, but then you said you like to play 30 O games and then also study. So I'm curious, like how much time do you feel like you're spending a day? I think I spend an hour. Okay. Sure. You know, sometimes gotcha. a little more. Yes. Yeah. So, and as you know, so, you know, the thing is those 30 games, even if I exhaust my 30 minute clock, the opponent doesn't usually. So okay. Sometimes like I, when I go to work, I analyze it on my lunch hour. Like if I ran out oh. of time, I try to analyze it right away, gotcha. you know, and I have to say that was, that was good. I mean, today I was, it's just the kind of loss I had. It was almost losing to one of those queen trick type of things, you know, mm, yeah. and, I, and I didn't even do like the last thing the coach said to me to do. I didn't do it. It's like, what, I don't know what, what I was, you know, but, but anyway, you know, just getting in there and analyzing it right away feels good because it feels mm -hmm. like something constructive you can do instead of just, you know, Okay. feeling sad yeah and when you analyze your games what are you looking for are you looking for like one takeaway from the game are you looking for big moments and tactics well no i mean for for a long time when i first started i i was always being like was this the best move and oh this was mm. a bad blunder blah, blah blah you know should i've done this type of thing and then um when my new coach is sort of like write down in the analysis how you were feeling at the time Oh, nice. Okay. I have to say that was a huge turning point for me. Um, and I think that initiated a, a stretch of improvement because I didn't realize what, you know, so, sort of silly thoughts I had. Like it was kind of like, you know, <laughs> they're all better than me or they're going to get me or they're going to do this. You know, I just mm -hmm. didn't have any positive thoughts about my own, my own thing. And then I, and also just a kind of a panic. Yeah. You know, like, oh, they're getting close to my king, you know. Kind of right. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thought is just not helpful. I mean, if you, you got to figure out what is going on, you know. Right. So I, I do a mixture of that. And then, um, but honestly, do it, just writing that down got rid of a lot of it. I, I'm really surprised at how hmm. it happened, you know. That's really um, great. Yeah. But um, it's, yeah. And then I don't look at the engine. Sometimes he, he suggests don't even look at the engine if we're going to look at it together. Okay. And sometimes I do anyway. But um, <laughs> mm -hmm. I want to know, you know. <laughs> yeah. It can be hard to resist if you're like, was it there or not? 
right now, but I don't do it first, you know. But it's also good because if I have some terrible miss, you know. Yeah. I've started doing this thing with my uh, with my OTP games where I don't use an engine on them for quite a while. But what I will do is I'll just like I put it in my Lee Chess study and then I copy the PGN into just an analysis window, have it run the engine and just get the overall score. Don't look at each individual move, but just kind of see like I felt like I played really well. Hey, engine, what's my grade? And if it's like, <laughs> yes, you did. Then I'm like, okay. And if it says, no, what are you talking about? Then I kind of have that just in my mind as I'm going through the game, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a way for me to resist that urge to use the engine. And like you, there might be a moment where I'm just like, I feel like I had a great move here. I've looked, I can't find it. And then the engine's like, no, you had nothing. And I'm like, ah, okay. Well, that's why I couldn't find it. So it can be useful. So by the grade, do you mean the accuracy score? Yeah, I kind of use the accuracy score as like my teacher to be like, you got an A, here's a gold star, you got a 94, great. I just, yeah, I wasn't sure how accurate that score was. I mean, also they're very different on Lee Chess and Chess.com, as I'm sure you've noticed. Yeah. Everything is so strange. I mean, strangely, almost arbitrary seeming, like chess.com mm -hmm. might say you made one blunder and then lee chess says you made six blunders yeah i had that in my game last night i put it i was so proud of it and mm -hmm. i put it into chess.com and it said 89 percent. and i was like what this was a great game and i put it into lee chess and lee chess said 94 percent, no mistakes and i was like what and so i decided mm -hmm. to look at what chess.com was labeling mistakes and it was like in this end game, I went from like four to three. And I was like, come on, that's not a mistake. That's like a slightly less awesome position. So I think you're right. I think engines can be very frustrating in that way. Also, they're so opaque. We don't even know what they're talking about. And you're just kind of like, okay, I'm doing my best working with you, engine. So I think your coach is on the right path. Avoid it whenever you can. But I understand it's impossible to do it always. And and also sometimes if you don't take say a hanging piece, then yeah. it'll say this was better, and it'll say it like four times. Right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes. That's you the worst part. Mistakes, you know, not repeating the same. Yeah, you're like I, that's the same mistake, and it's like <laughs> nope, nope. You keep making it four percent accuracy. Yeah, those are the worst. <laughs> I don't even show my daughter that for her games because that's what happens. They're all low accuracy and it's usually just one error that just sits on the board and you know the computer just keeps logging it over and over and over. Uh, okay, well, let's go through your study plan a little bit. So it sounds like you're spending a lot of time doing 30-0 games, actually going in with analysis. I love this idea of putting your thoughts in. I do the same thing. It helps so much when I go over a game with my coach and he'll be like, why did you make this move? And if I wrote down, like, I was getting nervous and my opponent was pressuring me, that helps because my coach can be like, what are you talking about? There's no pressure at all here. Why were you so worried? And, and at least now I know, like, well, that's why I made this terrible move because I was panicked. Whereas from my coach's perspective, he's like, everything was fine. There was no reason to panic. So, okay. So what else are we doing? We're, we're, we're um, examining our games. We're playing them. What comes next? Chessable. I usually do about 15 minutes of chessable. So whatever book I'm doing 
Um, okay. I, I either I review whatever however many it says I have to review, and then I, I learn quote unquote more. Oh, so you do all your reviews? Oh. Wow, I'm is impressed. There option, is there an option not to do that? Oh yeah, you can just ignore it like I do. Let me see. I'm gonna bring up Chessable right now so I can see how many reviews I have. I have 5,844 current reviews and I don't even look at that number. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of books that it expects me to do reviews on. Gosh. But then, and also my coach will recommend usually a video, sometimes a video that's pointed at something that just came up, you know? Okay. That's but that's where I feel like sometimes I think we both get a little bit of like plug this hole, plug that hole, you know? Yeah. Um, like oh pawn structure you know which is still i think beyond beyond me yeah i feel like pawn structure is a pretty advanced topic i feel like for you it's like tactics and playing and i think that would be a lot of your training time so are the books you're looking at on chessball mostly tactics books yeah yeah so it's either that big one by peter giannatos or the susan bulgar and now i'm starting um a thousand and one end game exercises for beginners. Oh, okay. I don't know that book. That sounds like a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. Um, okay, so you're doing do you do all of your book work then on Chessable? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Okay. So this is funny for me because you're a librarian <laughs> who grew up in an age with physical books. What makes you not use physical books? I know. It's so funny. And I'm a huge, like, I've got, like, probably a thousand Kindle books, too. <laughs> okay. All right. So you have shifted to ebooks, and you're happy with it. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I I think that, you know, there's not enough. And I mean, that's something I, I'd like to be able to solve a little bit is that I don't think that people at a lower rating range, say under 800, are really out there talking or anything about their chess. Mm, yeah. And you know, I mean, when I look, in some ways, I feel, you know, silly when I think like my blog, I've got a, a screenshot of chess.com when I got, when I got to 539, you know, it's like, oh my God, this is laughable. And actually somebody wrote me a kind of like a fan letter and said, you know, no one at your level exposes themselves like this, you know, and I think, I guess I, it's funny because the reason I started the blog is because I, I really love chess and I, I had a lot I wanted to say about Mm. about chess you know just that i was enjoying all different kind of things and then it now it's kind of evolved more into the cognitive psychology kind of questions of like how can we handle this better you know but i think there aren't so many books either that are that are pitched at the low right there's like the very beginner book like here's how the pieces move yeah yeah so i i mean i bought a lot of books as we all do oh yeah Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you as a guest on is because I I think you're right. I think there are so many people that are, you know, say below 800, but those people tend, I mean, I've met some of those people who don't even talk about chess because they're like, ah, I'm too bad to talk about it. It's just a thing I do. And I I mean, to me, like if you're a chess player, you're a chess player. It doesn't matter what your rating is. And so... Um, I think talking about it and having more materials pitched to that audience is a good idea. That's why I liked Giannato's book so much. I really feel like it is your first chess workbook, right? That the puzzles are accessible to someone at a lower level. My daughter can go through it without any help from me and do all the puzzles. And it's wonderful. 
And I think so many people are like, this is for beginners. And you look at it and you're like, what? What is your idea of a beginner, by the way? Because we have different ideas. Yeah, no, that's that's great to hear. Because yeah, I think just as they say, you know, the re they, they say about adult improvers is a lot of times we have more knowledge, but we don't have the skill or whatever. Because yeah. you know, we're able to read and we're able to like, like I find, I listen to, you know, all the chess podcasts and I find not all of them, but you know, Ones the good something. ones like chess journeys yes exactly the, the good ones like chess journeys and um <laughs> and you know i find them very interesting you know so so you know just because i'm low low you know low rated you know sometimes i feel like well maybe everybody just catapults up higher faster you know maybe mm. just because of my age it's taken me longer or something but um but yeah, they are pretty quiet. Even um, I was in Chess Dojo for a while, and hmm. and even there, you know, there just there weren't a lot. There just weren't a lot. Yeah, I worry that people in that rating range get frustrated, right, and just are like, "Oh, I see these people talking about chess who are like sixteen hundred and still are considered not that good, and I'm say four hundred, so I guess I should not even do this, right?" Whereas just like anything else, it's just practice, right? I mean, like if you're at whatever rating range you are with practice, you'll get better. And I, I think it's just important to remember that. I have this friend who I think he's over a thousand now and he's, he only plays 30 and he gets so frustrated um, that he loses and it, he's just really struggles, I think, with the psychology of chess and like wants to be whatever is the next number so desperately that it destroys his soul and, you know, talks about never blundering again. And I'm like, Hey man, I'm 1600 and I still blunder. And it's, it's, it's just a thing. Like it's less than you, but it still happens. And so he's like, no, I want to be perfect at this. That's it's hard. It is. And there's also that thing of like the shine coming off. Like yeah. I think when I posted that screenshot, I was really happy about 539, you know. Mm -hmm. And then pretty soon, you know, and recently I was so happy about 600 for for a little while, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, 800. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> always the next thing, right? Like I am very dissatisfied with 1600, and you know, I think there would be people out there who'd be like, I would give anything to be 1600. And that's how I feel about 1800. Like I'll sell, I'll give you my car to be 1800. I'll walk an hour to work, <laughs> whatever it takes. It's true. And you wouldn't believe it if they told you that, well, once you get to 1800, you're going to be wanting 2000. You exactly. Know? Yeah, there's a guy at the chess club. He's 1800. It's his floor. And it's very frustrating for him, you know? And I talk about like wanting to be 1800. He's like, you want to be me? Because it's terrible here. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't know. What number do I want? And then you hear like 2,600 grandmasters who's like, life's horrible. Like I don't get invitations to any tournaments. And you're just like, is anyone happy playing chess with their rating? Maybe Magnus, maybe, I don't know. Yes, it's true. Yes, it is the challenge. Okay, so we're doing um, some tactics on Chessable. You know what I haven't heard yet? And I'm kind of excited about this. I haven't heard anything about openings. Do you have an opening repertoire? Yeah, I just... did. I picked up the London early on. Okay, so you play and, the London. Yep, and, and I'm doing Karakhan against D4. Okay, cool. And do you have like a deep understanding of these openings and have you memorized tons of lines or is it more like i'm trying to play reasonable moves to play a reasonable game 
no i just i just memorized like seven seven moves in london and they're not you know there are no alternatives or anything it's just you know and i found that was a good one to to pick up because for one thing people at the lower rating i don't think they a lot of times they don't know what to do against d4 so that's oh that's, yeah that's true that's helpful, you know? yeah, d, um, d4 oh my goodness my daughter played against the guy and he played d4 and she got home and she was furious with me and she was like he played d4 and i was like yeah and she goes you never taught me how to play against d4 and i was like oh i guess that's true i didn't and like she didn't even realize people did that she thought everyone played e4 and then you played e5 and that's how you play chess so yeah e, e, d4 can be a, a strange one so what caused you I, I can understand what caused you to pick up the london you yeah. can play a certain set of moves without really worrying too much what inspired you to play the carol Khan? um i think my coach told me that i needed an opening as black and to look at some and pick one okay and and so i so i did that um but really right now i'm only do i'm still just really grappling with it um i just do those first two moves you know d6 and c5 and yeah. then sometimes the bishop but that's that's his, he said i'll get more as i go along but i'm yeah. not in any hurry to yeah that. and that is a nice thing about the carol Khan. you can pretty much play c6 against e4 and then almost no matter what they do you can just play d5 and you're going to be fine mm -hmm. yeah uh okay here's the big question what do you play against d4 that's just, i don't have anything right now i don't okay. You just hope they don't play D4. No, except the other day I played Karakon against D4 and I hadn't even noticed. My coach is like, um, that was D4. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I mean, I guess what I, sh I think what I normally do would be a principled opening. Yeah. You know, like a Joko Piano kind of thing. Okay. Just make reasonable opening moves according to opening principles. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's what I do against D4 also. I don't know. D4 is... I don't know. I just play so boring against D4. I'm just like D5, develop the knights, develop the bishop. Are we ready to play chess? No. Okay, I'll castle. Now are we playing chess? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. D4 can be tough. Okay. So it sounds like very minimal opening time. You've recognized that the opening is not where you're winning and losing. You're spending more time doing things like uh, your tactics. Have you gotten into like strategy whatever that means like uh backwards pawns and double pawns and positional stuff or is that just kind of like a future problem yeah i mean he mentions it sometimes okay. like he, he he did have me learn all the names for all the different kind of pawns oh okay you know? and so and i know like what an outpost is and all that you know nice. the, way, the thing i still am right now is it's like i'm so busy you know doing what i need to do to stay alive in this game i don't see how i could possibly be working towards some bigger goal you know and i guess that may change but uh yeah and this is the problem with adult improvers right is you know like all these concepts and then when you play a game you're like that's hilarious i just want to not get checkmated and not hang all my pieces like putting the knight on a good outpost okay like i don't know what that's gonna do for me yeah, that's that is, I feel like, the great challenge of the adult improver. We can read really well. We can learn lots of information. We can put it into buckets in our heads, but then using it in a game, oh boy, so different. Okay, you know what I also haven't heard about yet? 
is over the board chess. Do you play over the board? Do you play with your husband? Do you have a club you play at? Do you have any ideas of where you might want to play? Well, um, my husband and I do play sometimes. Unfortunately, he's very, very slow and doesn't want to use a timer. Oh, so okay. It's, I mean, we're talking like 30 minutes a move. So unless yeah. I am feeling very leisurely, um, I don't like to play with him that much. I tried. Oh, I like, and also he was beating me a lot and it made me mad because I'm like doing so much study. And yeah. then he's like, oh yeah, I used to play when I was young, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, it may, you know, we'll see. That may change. I, there is a club, um, and I think about it. Ooh. And um, actually, just yesterday, I said to my coach, "Well, he, I'm not going to go to my club till I'm a little better." And he uh, said, "All my students say that." Yeah, <laughs> so, everyone says that. Okay, yeah, <laughs> so, but I mean, what will it be? I, so, so I'm thinking. You know, I, I really would like to do that, and then. Um, actually, when I retire, I'm thinking of, of organize, doing some organizing, maybe especially for um, girls and women. Nice. And, uh, you know, Meetup, uh, Chess.com started this new partnership with Meetup, the app. Oh, okay. So um, that means that they pay for the Meetup subscription. That's a place oh, that's where cool. people go to find stuff to do, you know. So right now yeah. there is one here. And actually, I wrote a, like a, a query letter just to be like, well, could I do such and such if I if I were the organizers? They're like, okay, we've made you the organizer. <laughs> <laughs> not now, not now. But one thing I was thinking I could do is like when this um, podcast goes out, I could post it there. Yeah. See, and like I think I organized something else on Meetup, and I think being a co-organizer is the way to go. Yeah. So, so I hope to do that. I hope to. But now I'm, I mean, I'm getting a little scared of over the board though, just because. It looks so different. I mean, when you haven't done it, mm. it really looks different. Because I do hang pieces with my husband more than I do online. Yeah. yeah. I mean, whatever is your normal, doing the opposite is hard. I saw just yesterday um, Jakob Augard, a very famous chess coach, grandmaster, author, put on Twitter, I tried playing you know, online where I'm at least 200 points lower and I, you know, was pretty happy because he was raised with over the board. He plays over the board. And so when he plays online, he's like, whoa, what is this weird online stuff? So it's kind of nice to see that, like, even a top level grandmaster can have that same struggle of making that transition. So, yes, it will be hard to transition over the board, but a couple of games, a couple of weeks, I, I, it'll it, your brain will sort it out. It just it just takes a little time. And my suggestion is go to the club. You'll have fun. Almost certainly the people will be nice. You may lose games, but, you know, that's part of the process. Okay. No, I, I, I'd really like to do it. And I it's kind of like a resolution I have for this year is to do that at least once, you know. Yeah. Actually, and I mean, tournaments, that's the other thing about being a newbie. It's like, I used to be like, oh, I want to go to a tournament, you know, and now I'm like, no, I don't want to go to a tournament. But, but, um, <laughs> but the, um, you know, I'm in Michigan and the U.S. Open is in Grand Rapids. Yeah. The end of this month. And I was sort of hoping to go to that. But I think, you know, if I'd be playing, if I was in an under 1000 section, I'd be playing a lot, a lot of people who are much higher than I am. Yeah. The nice thing, though, is that as the tournament goes on, you play people who are struggling more and maybe that's because they have a low rating or maybe it's just they're having a bad tournament. And by the end, you're really playing people who you know are about where you're at. The trick is if you've lost six straight games to keep 
the mental fortitude to be like, it's okay, I lost six, because now I'm going to play someone else who's also lost six in a row. So that can be good. But man, the US Open would be a really fun first tournament, I think. Um, yeah. I would do it if you can. I don't, I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying you should really think about it. I, th- I think you'd have a good time. Alternatively, I've thought of going as a volunteer. Oh, okay. That might that be a I'm good still way. kicking around. So I thought, I think prob- I may end up doing that if they need. Yeah, that might be a good way to kind of like get used to the scene a little bit before actually playing. Like, I don't think that's a good idea. Because it is. I think one of the attractions of the Queen's Gambit is, and, and other things is just seeing all those people in a room playing chess. I mean, it really, there's something really magical about that. Yeah, that's what brought me back. That second episode where she goes to her first tournament. And I was like, right, chess tournaments. They're so fun. I forgot about that. And I kind of purposely pushed away the couple jerks I had ran into who were like, you're bad at chess. And the nice thing is it feels like less people are like that now. And I think it's because grandmasters and international masters are more accessible so that like the people who were the rudest to me were 1600 when I was 1100 and I was, and they were acting like they were like chess gods. And now it's pretty hard for a 1600 to act like a chess God when you can just, you know, go on Twitter and talk to a grandmaster and you're like, okay, uh, maybe, maybe 1600 shouldn't do that. And I haven't encountered rude 1600s anymore, but I I don't know. Maybe I've just been lucky. Okay. So you're thinking about over the board. I've got a question for you. I turned 50 this year. I'm kind of excited about senior events. Have you thought at all about doing senior events? I have. I looked, I, I'm following the senior group on Facebook. Oh, okay. So yeah, I was excited to see that, but I haven't really looked looked up any particular ones yet. Okay. So there's no events that have jumped out at you. I wonder if there's a senior event at the U.S. Open. I don't know. Possible. <laughs> It is possible. Like, I, but, you know, right now it seems like they've done a lot of concentrating on they, they're getting a senior champ from like every state or something. Oh, yeah. Yep. Play together. So. Oh, maybe that's happening. There is the, the actual senior championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't think you're going to be eligible for the senior championship yet. <laughs> <laughs> At least yeah. I figured that out by now. <laughs> there was a little piece of me that was like, maybe. And I was like, wait, I live in California. I'm probably like the 500th best senior in California. So I don't, I don't think that's a reality. I would have to be very careful about choosing what state to move to. I'm like, Hmm, Montana. Do they have good chess players? I don't know. They might, they might have some amazing chess players. Okay. So it sounds like over the board and tournaments are definitely on your radar. You haven't quite done it yet. And it sounds like part of it is because you're quote, not good enough, which is, a real challenge. I hear you. That's it's so hard to feel like you finally crossed that threshold of being good enough. Any ideas of what that would mean for you? Like, when will you feel like you're good enough? Well, it's that's what I mean. Like every reading I get to, the next one seems like eight hundred sounds really big to me right now, and I sort of feel okay. like I know, I know. But I feel like if I could walk into that chess club and be like, I'm eight hundred, I would feel. Yeah, you would feel better about up. it. Yeah. yeah. But I know that's silly. I mean, I actually don't. That is what I think. It's actually, I don't think it's silly. It is what I think. But yeah, and it, it's tough. I, I think any rating is like that. Just like you always want to feel like you're a little bit better. For me, it was my opening repertoire. I was like, ooh, I have too many holes. I'm not ready to go to my first tournament yet. And then finally, I had to be like, wait, 
I'm always going to have holes in my opening repertoire. Like it's just how openings work. It's time for me to do it. So I hear you. I recently picked up pickleball. And so I have been struggling with the brand new person. I have tennis in my background. So it's this very awkward thing where I walk onto the pickleball court. First of all, I'm quite a bit younger than most of the people. And I hit like five amazing tennis shots. And they're like, wow, all right. But I'm new. And then I hit like three horrible shots in a row. And they're just kind of like, come on, why are you so bad? So it's been a very hard experience for me being a complete beginner again at something and having flashes of goodness. So I can't play with the beginners. I'm thrusting with the intermediates and not going that great Don it's not going that great so I'm having fun that reminds me I did do an online tournament really soon after I started nice and it was it was put on it was a women girls tournament put on by chess kids and chess.com oh that's cool and it was so funny because it turns out I think the practice session was um five minute games Oh, and wow. I think the real games maybe were 10 minutes and I just I just lost them all. But my husband was sitting downstairs because they were streaming it. Oh. And like um, Alice Lee was one of the commentators. Oh, my goodness. OK. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, because I've never watched the stream. Uh, and then yeah. he's like, yeah, at one point uh, your game came up and she said black was in a weak position or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, Alice was right. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Oh, so I'll put myself out there. Okay. Well, I'll be cheering for you. Make sure you let me know when you are going to your first tournament. I I want to uh, make sure I follow that tournament because it's it's always fun to go to your first tournament. I know it's it feels overwhelming. It feels stressful. But I just really haven't met many people who've had bad experiences. Even when they lose, it's kind of like, yeah, but it was fun to see all these other chess players and get to know some chess players. So um, like you had said before we started streaming, the Alto tournament in Charlotte sounds cool because it's an adult-only tournament, which, yeah, I, I think that would be a lot of fun also. Cool. All right. Well, Don, I really appreciate you being so candid and willing to talk about someone who's new to chess, has a low rating, but who cares? It's about the journey. It's about having fun. It's about having a, a lifelong thing to improve on. Uh, where can people get a hold of you, Don, if they want to follow up with you? I I feel like we're going to have a lot of people who are interested in the story. Oh, cool. Um, well, on Twitter, I'm Librarian Lawson, so L-A-W-S-O-N. And my uh, my chess blog is at um, chess.donlawson.net. Okay. So, yeah, I'd love to hear fun. from people and get more people into the conversation. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate I it. I picked up some good advice from you too, Kevin. So I appreciate that. Okay. That's great to hear. <laughs> um, so if you're out there, I hope this is the week when you make all your ratings gains and everything is wonderful and you're listening, you're like, Kevin, what's a pit of despair? I've never heard of that. I gain a hundred points a week. But if it's not you and you're having a rough time, don't worry. We'll have another guest next week. They'll have some advice. We'll have some conversation. Hopefully, will help you on your way. So thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next time.